Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Phil Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Slacker Podcast. Where's that voice come from? Um, welcome to the Slacker Podcast. Um, it's good to ha- good to have you with us on a record-breaking run of form. Also, big up and much respect to the load of new people that came on with last week's Connor Oberst uh, record. I think that might be the most popular episode that we've done this year wasn't expecting it but a lot of you a lot of new people have come on so you know welcome to maybe this is the second episode maybe you've gone and binged back through the 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 annals funny word um of uh podcasts that we have ranging back to about three years first one was what manic street preachers um also if you are fresh to the podcast and you don't know i have a bit of a, a like a an avid affection with the the, the music industry, <laughs> the wankiest way of just saying it. I like how people put out records. An avid affection with the music industry. Catch yourself on P tag. Um, no, I've been running a record label for for years and years and years. Uh, I've played in bands. I've been helping break bands. Just a bit of a new music nerd, I guess. Um, and two years ago no less than two years ago a year and a half ago i um released a book called the slacker's guide to the music industry where i brought all of the best people um in music together both artists and labels and press and social media and image and like all sorts of different people i i brought them all together in one place like run the jewels and charlie xex and blossoms and little sims and slaves and loyal corner and like tons of amazing people like that uh, interviewed them, got their knowledge on so many different weird specific things, like you talking to Wolf Alice about publishing and what that is, and talking to like Loyal Corner about like radio and like how he works with a radio person or how he got his first radio play. Uh, it's really designed for anybody who has like a real interest in in music, making music, or or just how how the music industry works. Um, so yeah, that book's uh, half price for the whole of Christmas. Um, I will put a link in the description below. Um, it's nine pounds ninety nine, <clears throat> and the ebook is on for four ninety nine as well. 
considering it was like twenty one ninety nine when it came out, this is probably the cheapest it's, it's going to go. And I have about what two hundred, three hundred maybe left of them. Um, in <laughs> I can't wait, can't wait to get rid of them. <laughs> Just like right, let's let's move on from that. But like seriously, they're 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 still going. Like I sold, I don't know how many of them today, maybe fifty. Um, which which is incredible. So thank you if you're one of the people that bought those. Um, what else is going on? Uh, yes, I am leaving Radio One. Um, uh, in what from recording this like less than a month, I have about three shows left. And then I have a brand new show starting. Hmm. Can I say anything about the new show and where it's going to be and what it's going to be about? No. <laughs> no, I can't. I mean, I probably could, but it's just, I, I want to leave it. I want it to be a little bit special. So, I mean, the people who are, who are, are fans of, of my Sunday night program on, on Radio 1, the, the Chill the Beasts, as as they call themselves, I call them too. Um, have set up a Discord, um, chat room, and it's it's a place of people talking music. It's a place of people supporting each other and and being empathetic and and talking about what's on their mind. And it's a community, and it's really is building itself into like a really sort of caring community where people are sharing music and and mixes and all sorts of stuff. So it's cool. I I like it. I like a lot of the people in it. Um, and that's where I'll be dropping all my um well everything about this new show that's going to be starting soon and all the merch and stuff that goes with it too so i'll put a link to the discord chat below as well um today's podcast is with an artist called ray um she is essentially what all good pop stars should be like she should be the creative the writer the performer the dancer the singer and she's everything that that like I like good pop pop musicians to be. There's too many that don't have all of the facets, and I think like to be a proper great artist, you kind of need to have your hand in a lot of it. And she definitely does. And we have a very open and very honest conversation about um uh, where she sits in the music industry, what troubles that she's going through. I mean, like you might be a, a brand new artist, and you might be thinking, what what trouble can somebody who's got a publishing deal and a record deal have? Just like everybody at every point in their life, from Elon Musk down to somebody scraping two pennies together, everybody's got their issues, everybody's got their problems. Um, but she's very positive, um, and I think that she is in d- doing everything for the right reasons. I think she's a wonderful person, and uh, it was great to have her on. And she's got new music out now um, as well, which you should go and, go and check out. You'll enjoy the demo too. Uh, this is a, a world record intro for me. This is like back in the old days when I used to do like 20 minute intros because I thought that's what you're meant to do with the podcast but I know a lot of you are probably listening to this now going just shut up just just wind your neck in stick the podcast on here it is Slacker Podcast with Ray in 3 2 1 Slacker Podcast would like to welcome Ray uh, for for this episode, Ray, what's what's going on? How you doing? Hello, darling. I'm good. How are you? You, you look like you were drinking um, a posh juice. It was um, a posh Starbucks order. What what what's your order? It's we have an iced latte with almond milk and sugar free vanilla. 
Oh, you're no crack at all, are you? <laughs> it sounds bougie, yeah, but do you know, it's a way that you can drink sugary coffee without feeling bad. Are you one of these people that like has like artificial sweeteners in your house? So if I came around and was like, oh, could I have two sugars in my tea? And you'd be sitting there with like these two, like, I don't know what you call them, like Candorel or whatever. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't have sweetener. I'm a sh- I, we have sugar. I mean, don't get it twisted. I've been eating this lockdown as well. Like it's been a kind of, I think there was a, a two week period where I literally ordered Shake Shack every single day. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's nice and healthy. <laughs> Today I'm going to the gym for the first time in literally six months. I'm not joking. As we record this, we record this at um, the what is the actual date? Ninth <laughs> of September. Um, I haven't been anywhere near a gym. I'm not going to a gym this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm back. I'm back running again because I definitely put on weight over lockdown. But I, I put on that weight because I quit smoking, and I think that it, when you quit smoking, you put on like at least a stone anyway from just like eating. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's all mad. Big time. Never get into smokes. Um, so thanks for coming on the, the, the podcast. We've got uh, we've got a demo that you've sent over to us um, by uh, your publicist, Simon. Thank you very much to him as well. Um, so we're, we're going to be playing playing that a little um, in a little minute. But yeah. um, actually, no, do you know what? Flip it. Let's, let's just play it now. Here we go. Okay, I'm done. Um, Here's, here's some context. Do you want go context? On, go on, go on. Okay, so it's I I blah blah blah, blah. context. I do, I have so many demos, Phil. I have so many songs um, that will most of which will probably never hear the light of day because you know it's all part of the progression to getting better better songs. I feel yeah. like every ten songs I'll write one will be a 10 out of 10 you know mm. so it's like you have like some really good songs that just kind of sit around or it's just not the right time or it's like not the right sound yet mm. um but this one is called this ain't love um it's a beat Fraser T Smith made and I actually just recorded some ideas on my mic at home this is maybe like a year year two years ago but I've always loved it so okay here it is, a demo of This Ain't Love by Ray. You're the first on my mind, you're not worthy of that. And I gave all my time when you don't give it back. And I always love you, it's a shame but that's that. I'm really gonna miss that, really wanna kiss that damn don't know. Damn, don't know. 
that demo is so sick. That needs like has that not come out? Is there not like is this going to see the light of day? I don't know, Phil. Probably not. Well, it has now. <laughs> That's not fair. Like, cause that tra- that track's really good. Like, I mean, it's got it's got you doing your, what you do best, and you're really showcasing yourself on that as well. Cause you're like going in. The bars are fire. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you got you. you got you got some rap skills, and you're sort of taking your your vocals for a little um little workout as well. Thank you very much. Do you know what? Yeah, it's really crazy because when when you're a writer, which you know I am, and I know so many amazing writers, you really want to experiment and try different things, and and you know push your boundaries and like create without a formula, just to create and see what you're capable of. You know, yeah. which means you end up creating like. I wish I could just place any old folder because I got so many different feelings and sounds. <laughs> Um, but yeah, when it comes to being an artist, then it makes it a bit confusing sometimes because, you know, I'm like, what, like, what side of me do I want people to hear? Because there's so, there's just so much. But isn't that the sort of great thing? Aren't you in the perfect position for that really though? Because you do so much writing for yourself, but also so much writing for other people. Yeah. Can that, like, like... do you get the same sort of creative itch scratched when you write something that's completely different for you when you pass it on to say, like, I don't know, like a, a pop act, like Haley Steinfeld or something like that? Like, will it be different to like my stuff? You mean? Do, you, do, you, do you feel creatively absolved when you've like gone, I've made this, there you go, you sing it. <laughs> well, do you know what it is? Some writing adventures are so satisfying and gratifying and you really get to like create but but in other instances um, music and writing can be very like mathematical and like linear and like creating for radio in essence Mm -hmm. um, which kind of then makes it because you know I've done it for so long now you know what the formula is you get in and if it's like right we need a we need a big dance record we need it to feel like this and we want to yeah, it's a, you know what I mean? We want it yeah. to that feel American or whatever. So then you have to, you know, it is fun because it's about, it's not creating my vision yeah, in, yeah. in those instances. I get to help and bring my ideas to someone else's vision, which I'm, I really enjoy. So Like you're like a yeah. hired, like your hired builder who's coming in to help build the house. Yeah, it's that vibe. It is. You get, when- and like, like I was gonna get into this way way deeper down the conversation, but we're here now. Um, I want to know what a songwriter's camp is like because I've spoke to people and like I've never really sort of asked the question. Like I'm friends with Maverick Saber, and like mm. I'd meet Maverick Saber in the pub every once in a while, and he'd be like, "Ah, oh, brother, I'm just back from another songwriting camp," and I'd be like, "Going, I don't, I don't." What is that? Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. Like, yeah, tell tell me what what goes on in a songwriting camp. So that they're all very kind of depend. It's going to hugely depend on the artist, obviously that you're working for with. Um, it's as simple as it's like lots of writers and producers in one space rotating via a schedule to basically mass create. Mm. It's the idea that you basically go into an overload of creating songs for this artist. So, for instance... Like, would a whole uh, album be written in a songwriting camp? As in, like, 
is that what they're trying to get? They're trying to get the, the guts of a record. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. Like yeah. sometimes I've been part of camps and I've written, you know, like 10 songs, 15 songs and lots of other people will and they put them in the collate and then they have the album done. And sometimes you do a camp and not one of the songs gets used. Oh my like, God. So it's, it's very, I've done quite a few. Is it's it very interesting. Is it tense? It's not it tense, but it's more, it's more like, so there's this like inside joke, you know, when like writers um, get together and do like writing camps and stuff, there's like sometimes, and it's like a very American thing, you all get into the room at the end of the day and you all play your songs that you've done, which makes oh, it very like, like, like reality. TV. Yeah. Do you know what? Sometimes it's fun, which definitely, you know, elevates the competitive levels. All songwriters yeah. like whispering like, oh, like listen yeah. to that. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then you have people, yeah, who get so gassed and they play the song. They're like, yeah, listen to our song. It's amazing. <laughs> and everyone's sick that it's just really not great. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like you can you can polish a turd with enthusiasm sometimes where you can just be like, well, yeah, it's not in the long term. It's just like, it's so, darling, you're so flat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you even hit the note? Um, oh my god, the shame! I love that. I, I love that, like the that sort of competitive nature um, of, of writing. Yeah. So I suppose it does create good art between from some people as well. I mean, some people need the the time and. Yeah, I think it's it's good for different different setups and environments. You know what I mean? Depending on what you need, like Lion King. Writing for that was one big camp. So it was just loads of producers, loads of songwriters. So what was that like? You like for the film? Yeah, and that's because they didn't have a lot of time. They had to get it for like right. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, no pressure. You have to beat Elton John's original soundtrack. Like that's not happening. Like nobody's beaten. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Circle of Life. That's Circle not life is iconic. What Elton John did there was just insane. They kept some of the original songs though as well. Can yeah. you feel the love tonight? They, they, they kind of have to. Like, I mean, there's all like when you remake something like The Lion King, you're remaking it for a certain, you know, retro nostalgia. Like, so you need to keep something off it. 100%. Um, 100%. I saw in an interview that you were talking about um, doing like a, um, a women only uh, songwriting camp with engineers and artists and, and writers. How's that going? Yeah. It's been amazing and we've been, I've been doing this um, a lot of lockdown. I was saying that um, it's nuts because there is a huge, huge, huge lack of female presence in production and engineering sides of music. Mm -hmm. I could count on my right hand, the female producers I've been able to track down doing big things. Like there are not a lot of women and I don't know why. I don't know why because there are female footballers Mm. like i just don't get i think it's i think it's because women are told or feel like we're encouraged or bred that we can't do that or not allowed or that's not our place you know we come in you bring a cute notepad and you write or you come in you are the artist you know and then no other 
female energy is necessary like that it's been like that since i was like 14 when i started doing sessions weird if you compare it to like the the um sort of women's football like i mean like there's always been encouragement there over the last 20 years to get people into that a bit more and it's getting better and better i don't know if there's been that same encouragement for women to get into production i haven't seen it no way no way and like my friend who's a writer she posted on her instagram account like a week ago or something she was like look it was statistics of the ratio of men to women in the billboard top 100 and it was just so sad phil like it was just what what were we saying what was the number the stats were ridiculous like producers it was like 99 percent men it was just like so bad like it was 60 seven percent male top line in all male production like it was just so male heavy even today in big big 2020 like, maybe know? sometimes we think that things are getting better and we're like a lot uh, like maybe we generally think we're a lot further forward as a as a as a race and as a as a people than we actually really are maybe it's just, maybe yes. it's a veneer rather than a, a, a full full vibe I you know? I would agree. And it's like, women are so capable and so incredible. And I don't know, even when I, I'm, I'm like really trying to encourage and zhuzh up a lot of the artists, friends I have around me and creatives I have around me, I'm like, women, we can actually do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's daunting and, and people are like overwhelmed, but it's actually not as hard as you think. If you have a passion for music, you could find passion for production, you know? Exactly. So anyway, I've been creating these rooms bringing all girls in, my sisters who are also super talented musicians, super young, but super talented. Who are we um, talking this name check? I want to know who these people are. My, so my two sisters, literally my blood sisters, Abby and Lauren. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they are so good. My little sister, Abby, who's 16, she just signed a huge publishing deal, which is a songwriting deal. Wow, okay. Um, and she's already writing for huge artists. Has she signed a bigger uh, publishing deal than you? Oh yeah, it's like three it's times what I signed. Has that created atmos in the family now? It's com- I love my publishers, but like, oh my god, my- I signed when I was so young. Mm. That happens. That happens, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but they've got me in a deal that is just so like I've been doing so much writing, and it's just not even going to see the end yet. But you know, it's about I- I'm applying the expertise I know now and making sure that my sisters just don't have to suffer the things that I've been through because it's not been all nice and butterflies and fun, you know? That's it. If you like, when you're the first in the family as well, you, 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 you blaze the trail for, for them so that they don't have to, do you know, like that's kind of always how, how it works. Like, um, how did like, are, are your whole family musical like that? Like, cause obviously you're both your sisters, you're doing the right with them. And I want to come back to the camp as well, but like, did you teach them how to play? Like, uh, did you all learn at the same time? Like, are you like, I don't know, is it like Sound of Music in your house where you all like sing <laughs> to bed and stuff? <laughs> you know what's really nuts is like the potential that my family have and that my sisters have it just makes mm-hmm. me so excited. Um, we, my, my parents were never professional musicians and never like had an in or, you know, my dad's, we're like it's like a working class family you know my dad worked in insurance for 20 years Mm. and my mom for the nhs for 20 years like they 
my 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 great grandparent my grandparents my mum grew up in Africa she moved when she was like 24 to the UK wow my dad um grew up in the sticks in Yorkshire like we've never really known like money and excess and had access to the industry like that so it's been amazing to see my family's passion and love for music my dad moved down from Yorkshire to the UK mm. to be in a band when he was younger and it didn't <laughs> work out but you That's know like the dream has been there so I I think my my dream is to build a family empire and yes I want us to have the songwriting game down people are gonna be like the Keen sisters like yeah go for them for a top like you know what i mean like, i really just have this amazing vision so i'm really excited that's wicked i love that i love the sound of that also there must be some seriously strong accents floating about your house if your mom came from africa 24 and your dad came yeah. from six of yorkshire like it yeah. doesn't sound like you like you know like, <laughs> like no it's like that either <laughs> it's just Rachel, Rachel, get downstairs like we gotta talk this out and i'm like all right dad and then mom's like Richard, <laughs> that's so good. You're like, my okay. mom's accent is amazing. She tried, you know, it's one of them ones when you come to Africa being a black woman, this is so interesting seeing it firsthand. Like my mom had to literally just blend in <clears throat> or I know you could see that this is what she wanted to do. So she perm her hair, try and hide her accent, but completely fail miserably. <laughs> oh, she's such a great woman. That was, I, I listened to a documentary about that quite recently. It was called, it's called Code Switching. So like, oh. yeah, it's really, really, really interesting. It's like when, when you, um, it, it, it was presented on, it was like a Radio 4 thing. Um, I'm so growing up listening to Radio 4 now. Like wow. definitely too old for Radio 1 now. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a documentary about how young black professionals had to almost look and sound more white in the workplace to get ahead. So they would tone down their accent or their blackness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackness. I I'd, I'd never really heard much about that before, but it was really eye opening and like yeah, made me nuts. think a lot. Yeah, nuts. Big time. Um. So your parents are obviously into good music, right? Like yeah, I'd were, say. Were you picking through their collection? Yeah, I was. Dad listened to a lot of like eighties, like wet, 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 curiosity killed the cat, like proper like eighties pop music. Um, it, it simply read like he showed me a lot of amazing music, and then I grew up in church, so it was a lot of gospel, mm. a lot of me and my sisters can be anywhere, and if you give us a melody we can find three part harmony without even discussing it just because <laughs> we've just learned musicality through church i guess that's that's called, then, that's called blood harmonies as well when you're like when you have the same dna as, as somebody well maybe not the same dna but the same blood as somebody like you know that you're able to find that harmony that fifth that seventh or whatever far faster than other people like we went camping like last week or something as a family and we were walking around and we're just singing. I'll start a song and then Abby will take the top harmony, Lauren will take the lower and we'll just be like, and it sounds so nice. <laughs> I have to do a video and post it on my Instagram or something so you can see, but like um, people walking around like, wow, it's really lovely, keep singing. And we're like, okay, like, <laughs> so Really. Have you ever thought about releasing music together as like a like a band or a group or or is it something that you just do as more of a, as like a, a writing trio or something? 
Oh, I think definitely. They're, they're still so young. Like Abby's 16, Lauren's 18. So I feel like. Yeah, but you're also like, what, 22? Like you're making it sound like you're like in your 50s or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> real here for a second. I'm dead. No, but there is much, so much time to experiment and try all of that stuff. I'm, I'm going to do so much music. I'm going to create so much with those girls. I'm so excited. Mm. Yeah, you kind of need to let them sort of go and live a life first before you sort of exactly. get stuck into like the music. Because like you got stuck into it really early. Like it was your first EP, 17, 16, 17, something like that. Yeah. Do you remember our interview we did in um, some pub in, in, in Brighton? Brighton? Yeah. 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 That was fun. I had pink hair. I had a pink. Oh my god! I saw a picture of my outfit the other day. I was like, "What was I wearing?" Ah! I, th- <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool looking, but then <laughs> at the same time, like I'm not one of the the flag bearers for fashion here in the UK. I'm so. dead. <laughs> oh my god! We had fun though. I really remember that interview. Like it was really that it, was like a really big one for me. It was a good one. Like I I really enjoyed it, and and you could see like then that you were like. I don't know, confident. You you had you had an era of an aura of confidence as a young artist that most people don't in pop music specifically because mm-hmm. you have so many people in pop music trying to drag you one way or trying to tell you what to do or who to be. Um, you know, I grew up around guitar bands where you, like it's either this way or it's fuck off. Like do you know, <laughs> you know do you know what I mean? It's difficult in pop, and you could just tell from the start that you were going to be able to swim with the sharks. Oh, that's cool. I like that sentence. How did you, what, I mean, is there truth in that sentence? Like, is, is it difficult to completely be yourself in, in pop music? Do you know what? This is such a big and accurate question because it is, for me, been a really confusing place to exist. Um, in the worst of times and been absolutely incredible at the best. Um, and then it's like, what is pop music? And then it's like, you know, when, you, when you're when you an artist with a label, you have, I have a whole group of people that I have to get to agree to whatever I'm, I'm envisioning. And I think for a, a solid few years in my career, my opinion was the, the last one I would consider, you know, I would, I would work on songs um, and it was very factory then. I would just be doing like two or three a day. Like I was just like, just trying to get something that I was like big. I would send it to the label and my people. And if they liked it, then I would like it. And if they didn't, then I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? It was really, yeah. I think that's like a great place to be. Um, I think I'm getting to the point now, like even now, like to be completely candid and open. I've just put out a song called Natalie Don't, which is like done really good things for me you know, as a solo artist, just building my profile more and, you know, I'm playing the long game. Like I'm, I'm not trying to chase a hit and stuff like that. Like that was, that was how I thought I had to be. And even now, like I have like a dance record that feels really big and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, this feels like a top 10. And (laughs) <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head like I have another song called Walk On By which I really love and I'm like but wait I'm not doing this to chase hits I'm not because I would have done I would have been done released this and that and this and these things I have sitting away so I, I'm literally after this podcast about to call my label and be like listen guys 
we're not chasing the hit. We're going to put out this good piece of music and we're going to continue to put out pieces of music. We're doing projects, okay? Not singles, projects. Okay, projects. Yeah. <laughs> but I then- feel it's, it's wild, but we're getting there. Let me, like, well, like, let this podcast jazz you up then for, for that phone call so you go in all guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, right, I'm ready. Well, I mean, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Like, I mean, obviously we haven't done an interview in a while, but it's five EPs and 19 singles. And no album. And I'm like, right, when's this album? 19? Are you joking? I'm through your Wikipedia earlier when I was doing my notes for this. And I was like, so like obviously the 19 singles is with like not just your own singles, but with like yeah. feature, featuring as well. But I'm like, <clears throat> why is there why has there been no record? Like what's what's the easy answer to this? Like it's not like let's not like get all sort of political around it. Like why is there no, no the, do you know what the easy answer is? It's, it's several things. Okay. First of all, you, you can point to the public. The, the brain and mind of someone looking for a new record is reduced. Like, for people to really listen to your album, you have to, like, earn it, so to speak, in my opinion. Um, so there is that, like, really wanting ears on a project. But also, like, you know, album campaigns are... I, I don't know, Phil. I don't know. Like, I'm putting out. I'm. I'm going to put out an album soon. Yeah. And I finally have everyone's agreement on that. What do you feel? But, what do you feel is your sound? Like, do you, like, because obviously you, you you love jumping between it. But on the record, would you jump between sounds? Would you try and go more cohesive? I think like there's it's 2020. Like, I mean, an artist like Charlie XCX can jump between sounds quite easy. And yeah. Make, and make it work quite well yeah so like i don't see there's like no reason around that but anyway what like what what's in your head like what when you're dreaming at night like what's what's your record sound like in your head you know, i'm gravitating towards real instruments less auto-tune more i'm really excited and over this lockdown i began to create some music which i'm really excited about um it's just not it's not trying it's just saying and being and it just feels really nice um and like you you know what is i have i've grown so much so all the songs that i have created i think i have literally like five or six albums worth of different feeling music millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, all, it's all out there. There's, there's, there's so much. And the thing is, like, you've been really successful with what you have done, like, um, up until this point. So by the time that the record does come out, you'll like have critical mass because like I, I've <laughs> I've seen record labels do it before where they have artists and they are like we won't release the album. I heard an, an artist called Oliver Tree talking about this on a podcast recently. Mm-hmm. He was like, they won't let us, uh, they won't let me release the album till I have a million followers across all my socials or something. Um, and then when he got to like a million, they were like, actually, we need more. And uh, and I think that that's kind of... You are taking the piss. Yeah, I'll be fuming. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think that's... Record labels are businesses at the end of the day and they want to make as much dough as possible. Like, I mean, exactly. there's there's great people in record industry, uh, record labels who really love music and do it for that reason. Um, but you kind of have to remember end of the day it's a business and you're a commodity within the business whether you like it or not yeah and that's the sad truth um and album campaigns aren't cheap like it's a full-on thing you're pop as well i'm I'm used to chatting to 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 people who are a bit more scratchy a bit more like indie diy um but like in pop music what does it cost to release an album like a million pounds or something like that like even like Uh, probably that's not enough (laughs) like it's not yeah. You know, and also the visual story you want to come with it and how you want to present it, promo, all the gimmicky stuff, launching a party, like traveling around. It's not a joke and it's not, you know, whatever. But I've earned it now. I don't give a shit now. I'm like, all right, guys. <laughs> I've been lovely. I've been kind. I've been patient. I've been tolerant. I've done what you've asked. Yeah. And I've worked my ass off. I will now be putting out an album and I will be dictating mostly what I want on it. Yes. Love you guys. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I'm so, I'm completely, and the fact you're doing that after this as well, like I'm just going to be walking around. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) With, um, with social media and like Instagram and, and, and and just everything like, uh, you can kind of like, that's where artists can really dictate and own their own shit like when it comes to like marketing their own merch or or creating their own vision um like nobody can really touch in on that how how do you feel like using that are you like intuitive with it because you see some people and you're like going wow you really have carved out a life for yourself literally online yeah you know what Phil? i can't lie i absolutely hate it yeah me too i i really genuinely hate it like i wanted to qu- i wanted to quit twitter and instagram so many times and i was told by people that i work with that <laughs> i would get sacked or or like it wouldn't it, it wouldn't it wouldn't look good um for my radio career if i quit all social media and i was just like that's fucking sad isn't it <laughs> you know what i mean imagine like imagine like imagine me quitting social media just because like I want my mental health to be better and then you get feel sacked great. because of it. That's so <laughs> fucked. It's so dark. Oh, Phil. And you know, like because people always tell me this and it really is annoying. They're like, Ray, you're so, your personality is 
you know, people would love it. Like you need to make videos, you need to do like makeup tutorials and rah, rah, rah. And honestly, like I couldn't think of anything worse. (laughs) Uninspiring, I find it. It's not what I was made to do. You know, I love music. I love creating it. I'm not trying to be a social influencer. Mm. I don't, uh, but sadly, social media has obviously become the biggest, probably most important thing for our artists now. So your CV. Um, Person who comes to mind when I think about it, like I I worked with her at Vivo for maybe about a year and a half, two years, is Maya Jama. Because like when when I when we started doing our show together in Bevo, she was on her phone the whole time, and it used to wind me up. And I'd be like, "Maya, come on, get off your phone! Like we're gonna be here all day, otherwise." And and actually, like thinking back, that whole time, that career she was fucking about with when she was on set was way more valuable than the, the gig that she was doing at the time. She is so good at it. I don't know how. I don't know how. Like. She just she's on it all the time, and she yeah. she connects with an audience of of of, um, of mainly like there's young girls from Northern Ireland um, who like idolize her. I I know because my my friends like keep kept keeps telling me his daughter's obsessed with my pajama, and can I, can, yeah. I, can I get like a video message from her and stuff like that? But it's a connection. Like people see her as as like being quite down to earth, but also. Yeah. On the other hand, like a total fucking super celeb. So it's yeah. I don't she's know. just the perfect combination, isn't it? She's so hot, but she's so lovely. She's lush, like, come on, let's have a drink. Oy, oy. Like she's just the most the perfect combination of all things. She's <laughs> yeah. great. Big time. Big up, big up. her though. She deserves it all. Big up my ajama, drinking out of an empty mm. glass. Just <laughs> the end of a Baraka. That's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking like the the the, the mud of the end of Baraka. <laughs> that's that's fucking living there, guys. That's living, Phil. Let them all know. Um. So I I, I did like we'll we'll get back into the serious stuff in a minute. But there was something I dealt, I did want to ask you. I, I when I was like doing research earlier, I saw like you. You uh, like a ham, a jam, and a cheese sandwich. Were you just taking yeah. the piss out, piss out of the person that was like asking you those questions? Were you just bored? No, that day? I really do love that. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Ham, <laughs> jam, and cheese sandwich. You know what? Look, let me give you the thing. Yeah, you toast the bread, loads of lure pack butter, raspberry jam. You could do Philadelphia. Healthier cheese, which is really good. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> you can do like cheddar, like strong yeah. cheddar, and then like just a thin slice of ham straight on there. And you could even like dip it into yogurt or something. Dip it in yogurt? Do you know what? Like, <laughs> I know that you always try and come up with like big uh, market employees for releasing music and stuff for labels, but if you open up a flipping restaurant or something, I'm not coming. That's <laughs> what <laughs> Full of all the disgusting munchies I've been eating. Like, that's so hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Pretty um, gross. It's been a while, though, since I've had one, to be fair. So, like, with all of the sort of singles and stuff that you, you've put out, like, which one means the most to you? Like, it can either be one of your own or, or, or a featured one. Oh, what means the most? Um, that's a good question. There are, like... 
I did this, oh, that's a good question. What means the most? Probably the last song I put out. Mm. It's like my favorite. Like, even though it's still like symmetrical pop song, giving you hooks and stuff, it was, you know, I did get a little bit of back, like backlash from, you know, my team wanting to put it out in the sense that it's not exactly what's on radio right now or whatever, don't know. But I was really proud of it and I, I love the video and I feel like I'm just growing as an artist. So I guess I'd say I'm proudest of that yeah. song. Is the problem- I also did a song with a duncey uh, that called Tipsy that I really love, just because I love the way it feels. If you've never heard it, you should listen to it. It's a vibe. Wicked. Um, is putting out a track for radio, as like the label would say, isn't that counterproductive? I mean, it works for a little while and then it won't work any longer because whatever is for radio has changed. Like, so like, you know, um, like EDM was like huge and then it was like something else and then it was something else and it was something else and it was something else. Now it's like, yeah. like last year it felt like, or even the, over the last 12 months, it feels like there's been a bit of a garage re- resurgence again for like the- Yeah, garage and 80s is back now, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah. <clears throat> if you keep doing that, then you'll never be- at the forefront of it, of the next thing. You want to yeah. be at the forefront of the next thing because that makes you the trailblazer and that makes you the person who sells all the records. Yeah. You don't want to come in at the back end of it. It's like um, no. that uh, Bashman beat, you know, the, the sort of... The um, oh. reggaeton. The reggaeton beat, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the one. That was it for a minute, wasn't um, it? And I was hearing indie bands. Like I was hearing the 1975 using that on tracks and I was hearing so many other people and it was like over the course of about two years that beat was just following me around i don't mind that beat at all but it was just people lifting it just for yeah an you win. know what it is it's when it's oversaturated and not real anymore like despacito is perfect um i don't know what? but i completely agree you know what it is i think um Chasing radio is just, it's just a losing game. It's just like a horrible game to play. Mm. Um, and like even now, because of lockdown and COVID, the, the sales and surgence and desire for dance music and escapism and euphoria is at its highest. You know, that's mm. what happens when the world goes to shit. Everyone needs music that saves and distracts and removes, um, makes you feel like you're in Ibiza, you know? So radio <laughs> is like, right, dance, we need that. We need that euphoric, we need that dark thing, which is why Secrets with regard is done well, because that's what people need right now. Yeah. If I chase that, then it's just it's gonna hurt my head. So I'm stopping. I'm just putting out music I love. What that's about all. like people chasing playlists? Because there's, there, there, there's like, you know, chasing spot or sorry, radio for, for plays. And arguably I, I still think that radio will make you a bigger star in pop than than playlists will, because like it contextualizes you with every single play, whereas your pa- it's a passive play on Spotify, and it might like yeah. and as good, great as that is, and amazing as amazing as that is, you might it might take about a hundred times for that to bleed through as much as it does once on radio. I think. I I agree, and radio is so powerful and so prevalent. But what's crazy is streaming and TikTok dictate the radio playlists now. I know, yeah, yeah, it's great. Like, which is weird. Oh, I'm just like, really? But it's okay. Um, so it's like, you could have something that's not that beautiful, not that great, but people just 
make a viral video to it or whatever and then it just goes more and more and before you know it's it's a-list on every radio playlist and like everyone knows the words jason derulo track recently that came out the jason derulo track from tiktok is an absolute fucking shitemare of a song um <laughs> it is so bad you don't have to say anything but I, that's i'm not gonna comment but you, yeah my I'm opinions completely um but uh yeah you're you're, you're right one other things I was I wanted to ask was the like you've written so much more music than people may know. If if, if people haven't like done their sort of deep diving on on your career, mm. they won't know the, the amount of like tracks that you've actually written. Do do you think you get enough respect as a as a songwriter rather than a performer? Um, in the industry now, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, like I was reflecting yesterday, actually, I was thinking about, you know, when I was like signing my deals and I was like, I remember sitting down with my publishers actually at 17 and telling them I'm going to write songs for other artists. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But they didn't believe it. And I don't think anyone did. No one really took me seriously. Mm -hmm. Like I had to be really annoying. I had to be like, listen to this. Hi, hello, work with me, work with me. I, hus I put in that like South London hustle early in the day. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's nice now to like, like I'm working, like I kind of get to write on whatever I want now, which is amazing. I just ask, can I help in this project? I want to do this. And I just kind of, I've got to the place now where I can just be like, no, yeah. That's love that. I want to do this. Um, who is like the, who's like been the biggest request that you've had come in going X or Y or Z wants you to write on a song for them? I've had so, I mean, Beyonce is the biggest request. Ah! <laughs> did, you go, did you go um, to the songwriting camp for, for the Beyonce one? Yeah. What was that like? Um, it was she turn nuts up? and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Does she give you like a pep? I would imagine she gives a pep talk like first thing in the morning. You just <laughs> you just finish your like cereal and like you probably like loads of like really nice berries and and like granola and stuff like that. I, and Beyonce yeah. just comes in like with a beam of light, like shining. <laughs> She's like, "Okay, guys, we're gonna do something real." I don't know what she would say, but you can tell me. <laughs> oh my goodness! Do you know what I signed NDA? Oh yeah. I okay. don't know. I think that means I can't really tell you much more than what I've said. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to come. I don't want a lawsuit. I don't want to get in trouble. That's, you know? that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't get into a lawsuit with Beyonce over the Slacker podcast either, <laughs> to be honest. It might, like, you know, there's, there's certain things in life that you might weigh up and it might, might be like, you know, the death of a close relative or something versus an NDA versus Beyonce. You might choose the relative. <laughs> But a, a, a DIY podcast from a Northern Irish man versus <laughs> I, I'm going to give you like license to roam on that one. That one. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. I have no idea what it's like to perform perform live on TV. I'm like, I've, I mean, I've, I've done plenty of like presenting and things like that. Uh -huh. But you know, standing in one place and chatting into a microphone for 30 seconds is pretty easy. Like, uh, you, you still get really nervous. 
what's it like performing actually on on TV, full songs, like because um, and, and routines and everything? Because as we've seen on the Brits over the years, it can go massively wrong. Like Madonna, like falling down the stairs, oh. Brits all those years ago. What what's it been like for you? Um. Well. Luckily, I'm kind of quite of a go-with-the-flow person. I don't really have routines or rehearsed movement. I just kind of do what I feel. So there is the element of that being removed. I'm not like, remember this, remember that. Yeah, that would would be Um, the worst nightmare, but I just can't dance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I'm dead. I just had an image. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just... Oh, fuck the microphone. See you later. Okay. I've got no, no spatial awareness. <laughs> listen, listen, um, I'm gonna like I'm gonna show you all like during like lockdown two. I'm gonna get ripped. I'm gonna be like one of Britney's dancers in LA. Let them know. Yeah, exactly. anything's possible. Let them know. <laughs> I'm start using that. That's my favorite saying. I've been saying it every day. I'm just like, let them know. I don't know what it is or what it means. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, performing on telly is weird, isn't it? Because it's like, it's telly. It's it's all it's all. Um, okay, let's do it again. Okay, um, good. All right, going live in five. I don't know. It's just it's high pressure. I'm like, it's it's fine. Mm. I've done a few little things. Yeah. Mrs. Brown Boys, I think with Jax is like the last. Oh, I did Sunday brunch like a few months ago. Mrs. Brown's Boys, as in the, yeah. the TV comedy. Yeah. What happened there? <laughs> I missed that one. They do, they do like shows, uh, like at the end of their thing. So they like have fun. The guy uh, from Little Britain was there. He was so funny. The one with the bald head. Oh, I like him. He's the one I like. I don't like the other. Yeah. One. He's another really one, cool. Uh, yeah, he's Matt brilliant. Lucas. Yeah, and um, the Spice Girl, Scary Spice. Well, they just in the oh, they they were like oh, it was the chat show thing, right? Yeah, so they were chatting, and then me and Jax did a we did tequila at the end, <laughs> um, but we had to do it like three three times, and the audience each time had to like, you know, it's like right, everyone, we need you to. Sh- Shout as loud as you can as soon as the, they press play. Scream with every, give it everything you've got, and it's like playing. Everyone's like, oh, for the third time, I'm like, hi. Does that mean you, just, like, you drank tequila three times? Like, were you pretty buzzing by the end of it? Oh yeah, I drank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty vocal about that on the show, though. They come, they come to you before you even go on set, and they're like, "What would you like to drink? White wine, red wine. We've got spirits." I was like, "Okay, this is this kind of show. Let's go." That's it. Like I, they, when they they get you boozed up as a guest before you go on, so you're loose lip. But the thing is, like from from seeing it from the other side slightly, it's so it, it's so depressing because like all of the anecdotes and everything is almost scripted down to the T. Like those are those people know what they're getting asked. They have yeah. prepared what they're gonna say, and yeah. like. It like you know like a podcast like we've just been chatting shit yeah. about my ambitions to be a Britney dancer and <laughs> told me that you are not willing to get into an NDA for the podcast. Um, so like you know what I'm saying? You can't you don't get that shit on a on a show. But also you don't get prime time like 15 million uh, downloads of the podcast. Not unless you're Joe Rogan. Um, 
I well, don't I, know who Joe Rogan is. It's okay. I know who you are, though, Phil. So that's exactly. I, well, I, I'm like Joe Rogan's like my little brother when it comes to podcasting. Okay, I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right, he's not doing too well like financially at the minute. But oh no, Joe! <laughs> really Joe Rogan signed a hundred million deal with Spotify for his podcast. Like he's literally the the big OG in the podcast game. Um, one last question is like, who, like who do you feel like are your contemporaries like? in music sort of growing up like who who are the artists that you're coming up with like because it, it feels like there's there, there is a sort of a crew of you in my brain in a way of like people mm. that are coming up but who do you think like are, my peers like music yeah peers. yeah like people that like you look up to or, or people around the same age as you that are absolutely you know what's been really nice um me and mabel have recently become like really tight wow cool and, do you know what's really nice? Yeah, we were out in the car. We were dri- I think I was driving like maybe week- a week ago, and I pulled over, and then someone come up to the to the thing. She's in the back seat. My best friend's in the front, and I'm driving. Hmm. And he comes and he's like, "Aren't you Ray or Mabel or some shit?" Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I'm so glad this happened because this has happened so much." And Mabel just popped her head out the back window. Yeah, and she's there, like, "What?" And they're like, I'm Ray, this is Mabel, go get your facts straight, like, get out. And Mabel's like, oh, shit, and they're like, oh, and the boys are like, oh, my God. And we're like, yeah, yeah, and we're like, giving them something. It was so funny. But it was also so nice, because since, like, the BBC sound of, um, thing, I can't remember if we, me and Mabel are in the same year, if she was here before me or whatever, um, but we have always been in the same sentences and people have been so quick to compare Kit. Like, even at one point, like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't supposed to like her. Like, this was my competition. Like, so oh, they weird. They felt like they were pitting us against each other? Yeah. Mm. And, you know, when we sat down and we talked it out, we were like, wow. And we, I'm, like, really proud of us because we wrote we found a connection in the system that didn't want, doesn't want us to connect, mm. you know? So it's like really nice. I, I have some really good friends in the industry. Mira May is another one who I absolutely adore. She's super talented, baddest songwriter. Like I'm putting her on, I'm, I'm there for her as a mentor, as a friend, like whatever, like she's amazing. Um, and then like everyone, Georgia Smith, Mahalia, like there are so many amazing women in this game, Steph London, Miss Banks, and they're all lovely, they're all kind. When I posted my breakdown video of me crying on the tour bus, because I was sad about an ex, I'm so pathetic and I'm so dramatic. But all of those girls reached out, like, Ray, like, you, you're gonna be okay, like, I'm DDV, like, everyone reached out, like, Ray, it's okay. And I felt like there's such a beautiful community of, young talented women from the uk rising up doing their thing and being genuinely beautiful to each other is so nice so nice to watch to be a part of yeah that support is is key and it's happening and a tide is shifting and hopefully it and well not even hopefully it will it yeah. just will um ray thank you so much for taking the time to to chat to me we're leaving on such a positive note and you're now going to go and speak to your record label and tell them about going to lay calling down them up up right now i'm going for a wee and then i'm calling them yes <laughs> ah, love that best <laughs> best ending day of podcast ever ray thank you thank you so much <laughs> thank you phil i had such a blast you're a legend 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.